0: On behalf of a Wholeness Podcast and the Yoga Barber, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians on the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Ghanai Kurnai Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. Welcome to a Wholeness Podcast. A healthy home for hair professionals and our clients. I'm your host, Fliss Downs, aka The Yoga Barber. Come on in. Hey, hey, beautiful beings. Welcome back to this week's episode. I'm accompanied by Owen McCarthy, a former professional cyclist who has gone on to achieve many things in his life, not just on a sports performance level, but also in the hair industry an award-winning barber in the early years of his career, now business owner and educator with his dear friend Lee Windsor. In this down-to-earth and grounding conversation, today you get to meet the side of Owen which you may not know. I asked him to take us back to his very early years of life. Who was Owen before the person he is today? And healing from his traumas. A true humble man who is doing the work and wanting to lead a legacy of truth. Professionally, and personally. I hope you enjoy. How
1: are
2: you? Good, thanks. How are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad. It's great to hear an accent from the other side of the world.
2: (laughs) It's good, isn't it? It's nice to get that feeling of home. I I live with my girlfriend and and her sister, so I'm around Irish accents all the time, and Lee as well.
1: Yes. But
0: Lee's not from Ireland, though, is he?
2: No, he's from Plymouth
0: yeah that's right yeah he's closer to me than what you are because i'm from kent originally so i've been listening to you guys and i'm like oh it's a piece at home (laughs) (laughs)
1: love it love it
0: now you've got your um online education platform with lee so Did you know Lee beforehand? How did you get to know Lee? Because I've been chatting to Lee before you and I've been watching your education platforms, both of yours. um, And I've been going, God, these guys are so on my level. They're speaking my language so much. And then I reached out to Lee and we've been trying to battle against, trying to figure our timings out. And then, boom, you popped up. So yeah, like, talk to me how you connected with Lee.
2: Yeah, interesting question. So Lee and I share a lot of synchronicities. We, we've got the same birthday. That's, that's the first one. Yeah. Uh, but first time I came across Lee was about six months living in Australia. I did my first ever like live hair competition. Yeah. Um, I saw that. Lee and I were sharing a table. We didn't speak on that day, but we were sharing a table. When we look back on on it now, it's like, wow, that's actually quite profound. And uh, we we kept bumping into each other that year at different events, competitions, hair expo, what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. So we met there and um, yeah, eventually he came and worked with us at at the barbershop that I was working at. And uh, we just continued building our relationship and, you know, Lee's been on on I guess more of a, a wellness buzz and journey for a lot longer period of time than I have yeah have been and uh it took me a couple of years to I guess become a little bit more woke before I could fully connect with Lee um because he was always very good with like, his boundaries and he would always do his own thing and wouldn't get involved in the drinking and the alcohol side of the industry and he was always just kind of doing his thing and I, yeah. I at times i didn't understand it because I, I wasn't on that level of consciousness yet
0: and being um, from Ireland, you like to drink and party
2: <laughs> well that's that's the conditioning right that's what we that's what we're told, so yes. like I don't feel like i almost, I have to oblige to 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 that stereotype mm,
1: mm. Um,
2: so yeah with Lee we kind of just developed that relationship through education, and the more and more time we spend together uh, we, we've developed a really close relationship and I wouldn't want to be doing it with anyone else it's it's very special having him as a business partner and friend and yeah yeah it's cool
0: so you both came up with 101 education yeah yeah and then that was initially was that in person and then it led to your online platform
2: yeah so 101 is just like the overall kind of brand I guess you could say of, of our education you know we do a couple of in-person offerings as well as we have the online platform the hair index which is kind of just like a an attachment to 101 mm-hmm. uh, our main offering really is our, our three-day course which we do with barbers and hairdressers of, of all skill levels really but mainly it's an upskilling course it's not for beginners yeah. Um, and yeah we we definitely approach it from a very I guess, holistic, holistic and, and like human empowerment lens, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. It's not just the hair course. It's actually about the humans who are doing the hair and, and helping people, like adding a little bit of lightness to it, take it a little bit less seriously, whilst also taking it just serious enough to get the results. So it's like simplicity is kind of our our model, yeah. you know, we a lot of the time these days it's like we're trying to solve in our industry particularly we're trying to solve complex problems with more complexity and that doesn't really work it's kind mm. of we need simplicity to, solve, Bring it to
0: in.
2: yeah so we're also trying to show people a, a better way of living uh, that's a big part of what we do and, and we're trying to to be that human embodiment of that right now like how we live our lives right now mm-hmm. is the lives we want to share with other people and be like hey guys you can live like this too it doesn't have to be yeah Um,
0: there's there's another way we don't have to work solidly on the shop floor grind and cut multiple people's hair a day until we're 65 and crooked and everything and I that's I think one of the things that I really sort of connected with both you and Lee was these guys are on the wellness side and that's definitely through and through the impact that I want to sort of generate as well so like you say the synchronicity isn't it it's so as soon as you start synchronizing things and you saw things in Lee that you was like oh this guy's doing something a bit different you know it's going against sort of what other people do in, um you know like you said you mentioned about him not drinking and things and and everything and that that starts curiosity right and once you've captured that curiosity that's when that little snowball and ripple effect can take place and people kind of start, let's say, on oh, let's use the word awakening, they become awakened to, oh, wow, I don't have to constantly be standing on my feet all day. Oh, wow, I can up my prices, or I can actually look after my health and well being whilst doing a job that I love, or, you know, or maybe I don't want to do this anymore, but I want a different direction, or I want to stay in the industry, but not do what we're necessarily told to be doing and things. So, yeah, I find it really um just captivating when when I hear you talk about the wellness side because yeah, I'm so on that level and it's just so nice to see other people wanting to better the the hair industry's well-being and health and lifestyle. It's it's not necessarily just health, it's life and it is business as well, like what you and Lee put across. And I know that you said to me with you going through your wellness mm-hmm. journey which we touched base on and things you've sort of said that you're wanting to really from what you've been doing you've sort of shifted through what you used to be and who you used to be you then had a shift which then actually you've approached your health and well-being towards your business and your actual lifestyle as well it's just beautiful yeah. to to see that and also coming from a man as well we hear wellness and well-being and beauty and pampering we see it so predominantly within the the female category, right? And so it's nice to see you guys come through and do it on more from a masculine approach, right? But it still has got that sincerity about it as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Um, you know, something I picked up on what you were saying there was, and something that I have even from say childhood or what, before, before, I did hair, I was a full-time athlete, and there was always this kind of conversation around what was the ignition moment? You know, what was the moment that I realized that I needed to make a change or not even make a change, but actually unravel some of the layers that I'd put on in order to fit in to what was like our industry norms. Mm. Um, Because before I was doing hair, I was always into my health and my wellness, and being a cyclist, which I was, that was a big part of my life. You know, now reflecting upon my cycling days, I'm not sure how healthy that actually was because, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's doing things for health and wellness and there's doing things for elite professional sport. And that comes with a whole mental health side of it as well, which is not too easy, I would say, mm-hmm. from my experience. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, it was kind of like an unraveling of the layers and sometimes, you know, getting into business, which we did together, like Lee and I got into business and started doing our education, it kind of gives us that invitation to level up, I guess you could say, in in terms of all areas of our lives, because our business is going to be a direct reflection of where we're at as human beings. And we're all over the place and we're scatty and we're drinking and we're partying our business is gonna kind of follow a similar pattern. Like it's yeah. gonna be scatty, it's gonna be messy, it's gonna be just whatever. It's just gonna be oh, whatever. And like, that is that really the life that I want to live? Mm. Probably not, um, yeah. definitely not. Mm. So at one point in time, I actually, I got my first business coach. Yeah. And I went to one of his events. Like that was my ignition moment really into like the wellness side of things. You know, I was introduced to through my, my partner, like through breath work. And mm-hmm. that was kind of like what started opening the doors mm-hmm. to this world.
0: A couple of years ago, I recall you saying, you said a couple of years ago, um, yeah. your partner introduced you to breath works.
2: Yeah, it would have been like maybe two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm
2: trying to remember now. Um, yeah, during COVID really. Yeah. You know, kind of during COVID and, and just after COVID. So, uh, yeah, now upon reflection, even looking at that period of time, like COVID, it was such a positive period of time for me. It was like such a good circuit breaker. You know, I think a lot of people just attach negativity to that period of time without realizing what it actually did for them or didn't do for them. You know, because it was either during that period of time, even for the, the drinking side of things, like I didn't drink for the, the two lockdowns. Um, that we had in Melbourne because it was a decision that I had to make. It was like, okay, well, I'm either going to go all in and, and drink in pretty much every day or I'm just not going to do it and I'm mm-hmm. going to actually come out of the other side of this with something tangible. Mm-hmm. And we did that. You know, We came out of it with a business and then the second time we came out of it with an online platform. And then them investments that I made in terms of the time that I put into those things ended up actually giving me the freedom that I have now in, in life and and the skills. And then added on top of that, the business coach, which was the ignition moment. And yeah I just remember being in one of his classes and he was saying something and, you know, something so simple. And I've had this conversation with a mate uh, last week. But to the unconscious ear, a very, very simple sentence can just like be brushed over and been like not really thought of. But to the complex ear or to the more conscious ear, a very simple sentence can mean an awful lot. So, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that were said during that first time I engaged with with my coach that he said that made me realize, oh, fuck, okay, if I don't change what I'm doing, Mm. I'm not going to have the future that I want. And if I just keep going in this direction... It's is actually gonna lead to regret, and uh, I just decided in that moment to make the change. And and yeah, the skills, the knowledge, the expertise, the mm-hmm. the kind of humanness of the coaching was quite profound for me as well. Like I, I entered this group of about three hundred business owners, and the emphasis that was put on like personal development and self work was huge like he he would spend disproportionate amount of times uh or time on like working on ego work and understanding the self yeah and I realized okay like if I don't understand me how can I understand other people and how can I better influence other people which is what we do in our business Mm and of education yeah yeah and that's leadership so it's like well if I can't self-lead then how am I going to lead anybody else?
0: Mm-hmm. Do you remember <clears throat> what that thing was that your coach said to you? Or is it just more of a, a moment that you just remember there was this massive realisation that came upon you? Or, or do you remember those words? And if so, what what did he say? Or to, to the like of, what did he say? Mm. If you remember. Yeah. No pressure.
2: <laughs> I think, uh, I feel like it was a big conversation, but... There was a lot of case studies that were being shown of, you know, business owners that were in one position and by going through this program came to another point in their lives. And I realized at the time, I was, I think, 28 at the time, 27, 28. And a lot of the case studies were from people who were maybe 37, 38 plus, you know, maybe in their 40s, 50s and did live their lives up to that point, kind of like suppressed and, and unhealthy, like seeing them on the other side and, and listening to those experiences and being like, oh, wow, if I don't get this right, like not even that I, I don't get it right, but if I don't, if I'm not guided by somebody who's done this before, then it's probably going to be a bit of a shit show. A slippery and, uh,
0: slippery road. You're gonna go down the route yeah. that they did. Mm.
2: <clears throat> yeah, and, and maybe even worse in our industry because, because of the culture around partying and alcohol and, and drugs and the whole lot of it. So um I can't remember exactly what it was said.
1: Yeah.
2: But it was kind of a larger conversation around that. And I, I just remember thinking, oh wow, if I don't sort myself out now, this is gonna affect my kids in like 10, 15 years so it's the ability to be able to look into the future that far in advance yeah like even now like everything i'm doing now like is for my kids in the future like even when i'm doing a gym session and i'm finding it a little bit hard like i had this moment in the gym a couple of weeks ago where i was finding one of the sessions a little bit hard and i was like ah i don't know if i'll if i'll really do this you know i don't know if i'll finish this this set because it's just why do I need to? You know, like all the little voices in my head started, started coming in, yeah. telling me all the reasons not to do it. And then I just thought, okay, well, what would my future kids think of me right now in this moment, seeing their dad, you know, this leader in their eyes? What would they think about me quitting at this point in time? Yeah. Now, look, I'm all for quitting in the right circumstances. You know, there's that, that whole absolutely that like, speaks about, like quitting mm. in certain cir- circumstances. But not for moments like that and i think you know we're living in such a comfortable world right now like everything is so easy for us um as humans in terms of survival so once in a while it's nice to kind of press those buttons a little bit harder like last weekend i ran a half marathon and i didn't do any training for it just because it was something to test myself okay what are my limits like where are yeah. my limits and um Yeah, I I realized. So tying it back to the question, um, everything I do now is kind of with the lens of, okay, well, how is this going to benefit the future of my my family and the lineage that I want to create and the legacy I want to leave for my family, Mm -hmm. um, and the leader and the person that I want to be. Yeah, and that's like it's in those moments when nobody's watching and and like it's just me and me. Like I go with me everywhere I go. Head to head yeah like it's, that, that's when the real leadership comes up because it's, it's nice to be on podcasts and to be on instagram and showing all that stuff but the real leadership is when nobody's watching what are you yeah, doing
0: absolutely so who was owen before you started embarking down your your wellness path what was owen doing in terms of you, you've mentioned that you gave up alcohol and you've not drunk for six months so What was the Owen like prior to lockdown and before you started having these little epiphany and aha moments?
2: Great question. So I kind of mentioned it earlier before I was in the hair industry I was a cyclist so growing up through my teens especially late teens when all my friends were going out and drinking I was very much not on that bandwagon. I would be training. I was very regimented with my training. I was very committed to my training. I wanted to be a pro cyclist. I wanted to do the Tour de France. That was my thing. So I was used to not being around that environment. Now once in a while, like every kind of year on the off season, I'd go out and I'd have a few drinks and party with my friends. And I was a complete lightweight because I was so skinny, yeah. and I would just get blackout drunk and like wait till the next year again. So then, when I finished my cycling career, especially towards the end of my cycling career, there was a few instances where even substance abuse and and uh, alcohol was kind of prevalent around me. Not from the lens of performance-enhancing drugs, but more from to the point where it doesn't come up on a drugs test. Yeah, you know, people were struggling with mental health, and, and they would be taking stuff like you know, Valium and and still knocks and like different bits like that just to kind of cope and and get by because. quite a grueling lifestyle in sport and like Mm -hmm. very mentally taxing um, when things don't go in our way or like in in my way so Mm -hmm. the last season I had as a cyclist I was I had a couple of really bad injuries and crashes Mm -hmm. and yeah I knew in those moments that my cycling career was over especially the second the second bad accident in that year so that kind of you know spun me off on a little bit of a spiral in terms of I had a couple of um, occasions where I, d- I can't remember a few days in my life almost, you know, it's, it's, it was that kind of bad, but that was the ignition moment there to be like, okay, that this is becoming really, really toxic right now. Yeah. So I need to get out of this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, retired from cycling, went back to Ireland. And as you said earlier, the culture in Ireland is drinking, alcohol, partying, you know, we're notoriously known for it. Yeah. Um, even though I would argue that Australians drink more frequently than Irish people, <laughs> they know
0: uh, how to drink here. <laughs> maybe not,
2: maybe not since lockdown. But like I would, argue, I would argue that because there's just mm-hmm. a frequency thing that goes on here. Like people are drinking like every day. Um. Anyway. Um. So yeah, back to the story.
0: Back to Ireland.
2: When I finished cycling, and I was in Ireland i kind of got caught up a little bit in the whole stereotype of oh you've missed out all your life like now it's time to go out and party mm-hmm. so i did yeah. and i partied pretty hard for like three four years even like the first couple of years that i was here i was like drinking pretty heavily um yeah. partying pretty regularly yeah. and you know getting it out of my system i was telling myself yeah you know? that was the kind of the mm-hmm. excuse for it and And that was what was making it okay. Everyone around was kind of making it okay. Oh, yeah, you didn't do that. It's just getting it out of your system type of thing. Mm -hmm. But when you end up in trouble a couple of times and there's a couple of stupid things happen, it's kind of like, well, at what point is it now out of my system? And like, Mm -hmm. what else is in my system that needs to get out that I'm suppressing or not even seeing? And, uh, you know, I went into that business course, for example, for business, but I ended up coming out of it, like, solving a lot of unresolved trauma. Yeah. Because, of course, I can't do business well without solving the trauma that I had first. Yeah. So um, when I did the, the no drinking and lockdown thing, um, it was pretty easy for me, really, because I've done this before. Like, this has been my life before i've been a cyclist and if i have something that is a higher value to me than the alcohol then it's no problem and Mm -hmm. what for for right now i haven't drank yet six months like i don't think about it much at all like my girlfriend asked me yesterday uh, we were out for a walk and she was like so what how are you feeling about the no alcohol thing like what's i was like i honestly don't think about it you know, yeah. you know. I I know people who have the trackers and they they're looking on the phone. And it's like how many days they're sober and this and that. And that's that's all well and good. But for me personally, I just don't think about it. It's just mm-hmm. not something I don't think about. Yeah. And um, there was an ignition moment for that. Like that, why I decided to do that as well. A value for me is my health. My health is my number one value. Yeah. And if I'm doing all of these things to look after my health, I'm going to the gym regularly, I'm eating well, I'm essentially biohacking, you know, in a sense. Yeah. To a small degree to get the most out of myself from a yeah. human level, performance level. Then alcohol doesn't fit into that picture. It just doesn't, it, it doesn't fit into it. It's like putting a skyscraper in the middle of a lovely field of flowers in, in the country. You know, just what is that doing there? Yeah. And so... Uh, it just doesn't fit yeah and uh yeah it's been it's been a really good journey i I really enjoy using my brain and i I really enjoy having it to use yeah Yeah, because every time i drank in the last like year or so and i've had some times where i've been off it and then i'll i'll drink again and then i'll be off it for a while but you know i'm never counting but when I do, I just feel dumb. I just feel really stupid right now. Like why would I want to feel like this? Like I'm to get the most out of my life, like I know at any day life can be just over. Yeah. So why would I want to waste it being drunk? Yeah. Or yeah. not using my brain fully. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing. And do you remember that your first breath work experience? You mentioned that your girlfriend is a breath work facilitator. Um, So had she been doing that a fair while prior to you then going, I'm going to give this a shot? Or was you like a guinea pig? Was you um, one of her students when she first started becoming a breathwork facilitator?
2: Yeah, I I, I really remember like the first time I was introduced to it. We did it one morning when we got up and and, uh, she put on Wim Hof or something and she started breathing and I was just like the fuck is that like what are you doing like, I was almost like that's just the weirdest thing ever
0: <laughs> <laughs> good old Wim Hof
2: yeah yeah but you know I, I obviously gave it a go and and uh noticed the benefits immediately mm. um again if I'm doing things from a lens of I guess biohacking and and looking to get the most out of myself breath work is definitely one of those things that helps me um I do it every single morning it's the pretty much the first thing I do after going to the toilet and wash my face with cold water, do some breath work. And I feel a- awake when I do that. It's like I'm getting oxygen back to the brain because God knows what I'm doing in my sleep. Um, you know, I've, I've noticed patterns in myself over the years that when I get stressed, I hold my breath mm. um, and I've done that since I was a kid. So like if I'm having dreams or I'm stressed in my sleep, um, then that could affect my performance mentally the next day massively and uh and yeah i not that everything is about performance in life It's, it's not but it's about just optimization and and you know i guess there's a difference between performance and optimization because you know performance kind of speaks to the fact that there's a result or a goal or achievement on the other side of it whereas optimization is the living and embodiment of something and i want to optimize my days so i do everything right. in my power to optimize my life as much as i can mm-hmm. you know even if it's waiting to drink my coffee for like an hour and a half because of the the different chemicals that are released in, in the body from from when we wake up and yeah, uh, yeah. you know people like andrew huberman and, and people like yes. that are doing huge i love
0: andrew huberman
2: Yeah, just like why would I not want to know about like how to optimize the human vessel, you know? And and the the opposite of that is self destruction, you know. If we're not growing, we're dying.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And like that's that is the thing. And like some people are speeding up the process of death by how they live their lives, Mm -hmm. By drinking, taking drugs, not
0: sleeping properly, not eating properly, not exercising yeah mm.
2: absolutely. so you know all of those things are high values to me because I want to I want to not just have a, a long life but I want to have a full life and I want to be again a, a really strong leader for my kids like when I have kids I want them to look at me and think oh wow that's like that's my dad you know he's strong he's healthy he's fit he's not just some bum who's drinking Beers on in the in the pub and like yeah that's like, with no judgment with the most love possible like in that you know because like there has been moments in this journey where I have judged mm. but what I'm really judging is a past version of me like Your anything self. that I mm. anything I judge is in is in my shadow self it's it's yeah. in my shadow that I yeah. something I don't like about me so absolutely uh, I was
0: yeah. um I was on a call last night and. Um, a guy called Brett Moran who's a breathwork meditation and yoga teacher he said um, the Buddha says you are the problem and you are the problem means you are the solution and that just was like boom that hit me because like you say we can judge other people and consciously be judging or sometimes unconsciously be judging. But then when we really actually throw it back to ourselves, we realize, like you said, you was actually just judging the past version of yourself. And so, well, right now, you're going through the solution. You're doing all the right things to better yourself right now on a on a well-being, on a health level, on a business level, professional, personal level. So that quote really was um, a moment for me because I find sometimes I can still sort of, think that it's the external stuff that's the reason why I'm not where I want to be or not doing what I want to be doing and Brett said this and I thought well yeah actually I'm the problem and actually I'm also the solution I can change this I can change the way that I'm living I can change the way that I'm approaching um my future I can change my fitness levels we can we can change all of this but it's just becoming aware to it and conscious of it and i think as we go through or start stepping into the health and well-being space like you have you start to be conscious of that being and going oh my goodness i've got actually a lot of stuff that i need to um heal and you know you've you've mentioned about you've gone through your your trauma work and things so um, it's not until we start finding that that we then start seeing all these other steps ahead of us and going actually I I'm the person that can solve this I can change this so mm,
2: Mm, yeah I love that I love that And I've actually I heard something a few weeks ago and it's it's brought a lot of lightness and acceptance I guess to myself and and that is the quote of like we're all everything and we're all nothing Mm -hmm. so like anything that we judge is within us in a way but it's a part that we don't want to present to the world yeah it's not our presented self it's not our concept of self it's you know so if we're all everything we're all capable of doing all of you know the perceived bad things and if we're all nothing then we're we're not attached to any of those things either it's not like we're labeled as these certain things so yeah it kind of brings a little bit more oneness to it yeah. when with that lens of we're all everything and we're all nothing
0: mm-hmm. well we're unity we're going, right we're all we're we're all one really like you know it's it's a union
2: yeah and like i think people i put something on threads the other day which is funny it's like we're in, we're in an honesty pandemic which is true like we can't just be honest about the reasons why we do things these days like a lot of, there's a lot of dishonesty um, in just the reasons for for doing things, like to say any for anybody in the world, I this is a bold statement, but for anybody in the world to say that they're not a liar is is a lie. We're all liars, yeah. Because if we're all everything and we're all nothing, then we're all liars. But some people might not identify as a liar mm-hmm. because that's not the concept of self that they want to show to the world, yeah, um, and. Yeah, like we lie to ourselves every day. I lie to myself every single day about certain things. I'm going to do this and I don't do it, I lie to myself. Or oh, I don't do that. Or I don't do this, I don't do that. But we all kind of do everything. So it's like, yeah.
0: Mm. What, um, what do you feel like you've healed from? And not only go into as much detail as what you feel comfortable to do so, but you've you brought up that you've worked through trauma and things what can you just elaborate a bit more on what do you feel like you've healed from and and what trauma have you managed to face because a lot of the time us humans we don't want to face the trauma we don't want to face the hurt because it's scary it's painful and we don't know what it's like on the other side once we've gone through the healing I'd love for you to share what you feel comfortable to do so
2: totally I'm I'm actually fully comfortable with it right now um in my life because i feel like a, a large portion of it is done i don't know if it will ever be completely gone like just you know it would be entitled of me to think that it's completely finished because uh you know i, I grew up 27 28 years of pattern and conditioning mm. and one way of being and thinking so like for me to think that in one year i can unravel all of those years, especially the first seven years of of our lives, right? Like a lot of our yeah. kind of up is is kind of formed by then. So, uh, yeah, I guess the big the biggest thing for me, and to make it relatable, I guess for the audience and whoever's going to listen to this, um, was realizing. I think the thing that slapped me in the face the most in the last couple of years was, was realizing that all of the things that I was doing from like an achievement lens was to seek validation from certain people in my lives or in my life. Um, And it was my way of, it was my means of survival. That was what was, um, that was what was going on. So like, I don't know if you've done any work with the Enneagram, which is like ego personality types.
0: I've heard of it.
2: Yeah, so I, I'm an ego personality type number two, which is the, the helper or the fixer. That's my go-to thing. Like I want to help and I want to fix. Yeah. Anyway, we're in the education business. Um, but that is for me to seek out love and validation mm-hmm. and to be loved essentially you know my biggest fear like what is the opposite of that then it's like my biggest fear on the Enneagram is to be unwanted or be unloved
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and I know where that comes from because it comes from my my parents divorcing when I was younger like there's a deeper story around that Mm -hmm. so I spend the rest of my life then trying to seek out validation for my existence almost
0: yeah yeah
1: that
2: makes sense and uh yeah, I chased achievement, I chased um status, I chased all of these things. And I got I've done a lot of things in, in my time at earth. I've lived a lot of life up to this point and done a lot of cool things. But ultimately now like unraveling those layers and I'm not pushed for a lot of the material success. Now it's more I want to set myself up. For my future with my my family, and uh, whenever I do get caught up in the material side of things again, um, which which I do because again it would be entitled of me to think that I don't, especially in the society that we live in. But I do sometimes, and uh, I just catch myself and uh, everything has to have a why right now. You know, like I ask myself the question why very very frequently, and it's not it's not a question a lot of people like. It's the most simple three-letter question in the world but not a lot of people like it yeah. and I can tell you that one for free because I've I've asked it to a lot of people and they don't like the question
0: <laughs> because they're being questioned right
2: <laughs> well like god forbid you might have to think about why you do things we we all have a reason why we do absolutely
0: things. and sometimes we don't even know what the reason is and I think that can be scary and so somebody might get their back up when you're asking them why because they actually generally don't know why and then they don't like the feeling of not knowing why.
2: Yeah totally totally and and I think you know again being in the honesty pandemic I think getting an honest why is a hard one because even from time to time I still get caught up in it you know like everything we do right now on social media has a purpose like all of our posts and everything we put online is the marketing department of our business it's mm. it's not even the like the self stuff the stuff that we put up for that might seem like it's something about ourselves it's still building our brand which yeah. is selling our products mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is you know helping us live our, our lifestyle yeah. yeah so whereas in the past like I, I just don't think it was that mm. there's a lot of proving. Mm-hmm. so like I've I've healed from maybe the proving energy and mm-hmm. it's funny right I'm really glad to be back doing a few podcasts because um Lee and I are actually starting our our, our podcast again next week Yay. so because we had a podcast and, and it was attached to our old company and, and that stopped so now we've started a new podcast and we're about to oh. start out next week
0: awesome I'll be looking that forward to that, that.
2: Yeah and like even the very first I just listened back to the first one we we did it without having a name and now we have a name but we did yeah. the first one without having a name and uh, something mm-hmm. I said in that podcast was our last podcast came from a place of like there was a lot of proving energy in it like that we had to prove how much we knew about what we know
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I don't feel that anymore and that's a, that's a result of Doing I guess you could say the work or yeah. being on the journey of doing the work is I'm not doing it from a place of of lack or I'm not doing it from a place of scarcity, mm. even though that pattern still comes up from time to time, mm-hmm. but I catch it very quickly or I, and I have people in my life who are able to point it out to me as well, and I think that's super important to you know our environment is is huge yeah. and uh, I don't know if you followed the holistic psychologist yes but she put up a post yesterday and bloody hell it was like uh it was was pretty amazing
0: yeah i'll Uh, have to go check it out i've not seen it
2: yeah it was incredible and i'm gonna try my best not to butcher it but she was talking about like psychologists labeling people with like depression and anxiety and the detriment that that actually has to label somebody as that But without taking into account, are they doing the things that light them up? Are they doing, you know, in a profession or or job that they love? You know, what is their environment like? Because if you take somebody out of that environment, all of that could change. And then they're going around with these labels that I'm I'm this, I'm depressed, I've got anxiety. Where it might not be that. It actually could just be the environment, the, the culture that you're in is toxic.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely,
2: and now like I, Lee and I live a life right now where we don't see a lot of people. We we get out and we do our course, our three day course, like once a month, mm-hmm. once every six weeks, and like even that is such it's such high agency. Like when we meet people, we're straight into these types of conversations. If it's not this level, then I don't really want to even talk to people about just nonsense. And even the haircuts that I give now, you know, like I do a few haircuts sometimes, time. To time and um you know i've been thinking about this during the week Mm. it's more than a haircut you know like i got people coming to me and i'm i'm giving them like life and business advice like stuff that could change their entire fucking business so it's like that's not just a 50 dollar haircut that's why it costs what it costs
1: Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. you know you're you're coming you're getting coached basically so um
1: yeah absolutely. and
2: it's coming from a place of of wanting to help and and it's removing ourselves from the situation and I think yeah. that's kind of what I've healed from the most is removing yeah. myself from the situation mm-hmm. and not seeking something that can't be sought
1: yeah
2: that's yeah. that's what it was it was seeking something that can't be sought mm-hmm. like I would do all of the things I could come up with the cure for cancer yeah And I still wouldn't get the validation that I was after because it doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think a a big part of the healing journey for me was to be around certain people in my life that I felt I felt like it came from Mm -hmm. only to realise that it wasn't their fault either. Yeah. Yeah. And like I just approached it from a place of love Mm -hmm. and compassion and, and curiosity. You know, I think curiosity could solve a lot of problems right now as well. Or yeah. not even solve problems, dissolve them. Because like, yeah. what what are problems in the first place? Like just labels as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, I'm I'm living life from a much freer place right yeah. now. Yeah. I still have my I still have my little, you know, pieces of shit that come out from once in while and like, leaky bucket. Like there's still yeah. a few leaks in the bucket. Like, but yeah. we're we're getting there
0: you mentioned about your parents divorcing was that prior to you wanting to be um a cycling athlete
2: yeah I was only 10 weeks old so
0: yeah okay so again that was within your first seven years of you being in this world so obviously being only that young you wouldn't really remember it but what you would have possibly remembered is growing up with your parents actually not being together but maybe lots of other children's parents being together. Do you feel that there was something to do with that separation so early on in your life um, that then transpired you, or sort of that um, turned you towards wanting to prove yourself because you wanted the love from both parents because it's coming from two locations rather than the one unit. You know, I don't want to mm. put words in your mouth, but I'm just curious. No, no, great
2: question, great great question. So i've went deep on this because this is obviously a big part of it um and this is where it stems from and originates from and even though i was too young to remember it the body remembers it the Mm -hmm. tissues remember it and and like to me at that age even though i might not have remembered it like i would have sensed it you know like we have that primal way of being yeah and it was probably it was not being chosen that's it was abandonment so like i've got an abandonment wound that i'm trying to like constantly give love to yeah and like my way of giving love to that abandonment wound was by was true achievement Mm -hmm. and i thought that getting these awards and being the cyclist and doing all that so essentially being chosen yeah and i I had a lot of like wounds pop up when i reflect on it like Throughout my childhood, you know, when I played soccer or I played rugby or I played all these different sports. And when I wasn't picked on the team, Mm. that would hurt me quite a lot. And even in cycling, when I wasn't picked on the team, that would hurt me. You know, if I'm not picked for something or if I'm left out, that triggers that abandonment wound. Because as a primal being, you know, I think sometimes the way the human race has gone, we've come so far from like primalness, as I was talking about earlier, that, we forget that our actions have ramifications. And for example, like, and this is to get get quite personal. I don't know if my dad will listen to this. Hopefully he he will and he'll understand. But like my dad leaving like that early, that's the, the masculine figure of my life choosing something else over me. So I spent the rest of my life trying to be chosen by everybody else. Mm. and trying to get validation and seeking that out in material seeking it out in success seeking it out in other places so it makes a lot of sense and that was a hard one for me to wrap my head around when it first hit me properly i was away with lee at at an event we were at a business event with my business coach yeah and he was talking about his upbringing and it's very similar like i've met a lot of people now with similar stories which just goes to show that sometimes we fall into victimhood thinking that it's just us but like there's a lot of people who are in the same boat and especially for men trying to prove themselves to their father like that's a a huge huge thing and are we seeking something that can't be sought because our fathers were trying to prove themselves to their fathers as well and like we we need to take ourselves out of it and realize that our dads are actually also kids Mm -hmm. that are just trying to yeah get the same validation and love and and yeah I I had that realization moment during that course when when I was with Lee and and uh I started feeling sick I had an ego death essentially because I realized that everything up to that point in my life was for that reason and then it was almost like all these shackles just released and I was purging for like three days I was like getting sick and it was just it was wild like
1: mm.
2: wild wild situation because the body no longer had to keep this front up it was like okay well you can just release all of that now and i was very very sensitive for yeah. about six months throughout this period of time i was super sensitive i, I couldn't be around too many people the barbershop was a fucking nightmare I-, I hated the environment for like six months because yeah. i just didn't want to be around it or anyone and there was even moments when I was doing education and I didn't want to do it. You know, I was visibly upset and angry the fact that I was even there doing it because I just needed time, space. Yeah. Uh, time and space to heal. Yeah. And uh and I took it. I went to the Gold Coast for like three months last year. Um, me and my partner separated for three months. We we were still in contact, but we weren't mm. together and, and it just gave gave me space to kind of figure out some shit out for myself and uh then my little brother came over and my dad came over and my mom came over and and yeah I feel like now I'm in a place where I've come to a lot of acceptance about it especially the way even that I can speak about it and, and articulate it yeah pretty well I, I understand a lot of it now and and you know yeah it's been a it's been a wild ride but Ultimately, I'm grateful for it all as well. And yeah. it's made me the person that I am today. Mm-hmm. It's served me very, very well. Like that part of me, that protection part of me has served me very, very well. Like it's got me to the point now where I, I the achievement and striving towards that has put me in a position where I'm self-sufficient. Yeah. And um, yeah, it comes with a lot of benefits too. Like I don't know. If I go back and change it, I don't know who says this, but there's a statistic around very, very, very few people would actually go back and change the way that things happen because they all they all happen like that for a reason. And and you know, that is the the soul's journey. That's what we're put on this planet to uncover and what the universe and or what God or whatever you want to say, however you identify with it, presents you. And yeah, it's been a wild ride and I love every every day discovering more and more
0: yeah and I guess what you shared about thinking about your future children from doing all that work from healing from it and you mentioned it how are we ever actually gonna completely heal you know there's still wounds that will come up along our journey and things but it from what I'm hearing is because where where your dad left so young you really want to make sure you're the optimal father figure for your children so then a little bit cliche here maybe but then you don't want them to experience what you've experienced kind of thing so you're basically wanting to prevent something that's happened to you because it was so painful and along the journey, yes, you was suppressing it, ignoring it. But then when it all came to surface, you realized, oh, my God, I've been holding on to this for so long. This is the reason why I seek success and seek validation. But I don't need validation. I don't need to be successful. I just need to be me. And I want to teach and make sure my children, who I have in the future, are going to feel that they can be whoever they want to be, however they want to be, without all this pressure that I've just experienced. That's kind of like a roundup of what I've kind of just heard
2: yeah totally totally and uh, it's a really beautiful way to tie it into the future of where my life is going because Mm. you know I want nothing more than to be like a full-time dad you know I speak about that quite frequently like and often with my partner and that's why I had that ignition moment with my business coach years ago on that very very first day the day I decided to sign up for his course was the day that I realized oh if I don't do this work now and if I I can get the results without the scars like I can literally pay money to get a lot of these lessons that I don't have to experience and through some of those experiences and lessons there's a lot of trauma that's passed on like I didn't ever look at myself and think I want to be the dad that is cutting people's hair when when I have kids like I don't want to be in the barbershop for 12 hours a day missing all of my kids birthdays and special events and like whatever they decide to do like if it's sport like not being there because what is that going to do it's only going to perpetuate the cycle of what happened to me it's not that not that my dad was missing all those things he wasn't Mm -hmm. but i see it a lot in society not just yeah. our industry but society at large you know the industrial revolution has turned us all into nice little working robots and uh, at, at all costs at the yeah. expense of our family time the stuff that actually really matters so yeah. i want to set our business up now like our main goal right now for our business is to become location free
1: yeah. we're
2: very very close for that to be to to be happening like
0: amazing there's not
2: many There's not too many barbers that can say that. Mm -hmm. Um, Me and my partner were moving to Bali at the end of the year for like three months and then we're traveling for another three months. And in the meantime, we still have more than enough to to survive because we're location-free. I'm now coaching other business owners and sharing the things with them that have helped me get to this point. Mm. But yeah, like I just have this vision of my life being easy. And I think a lot of people don't, they just think, oh, life is hard and that's just how it is. And they just lay down and, and roll over and like let life essentially, you know, you can you can work out what I'm going to say next. Yeah. But they just let that happen. And it's like it doesn't actually have to be this way. Like my my dream day when I'm when I've got kids is, OK, I wake up because we're moving to the Gold Coast next year. So wake up. I'm going to be in the Gold Coast probably when we have children or Byron or somewhere nice. Mm-hmm and just be a dad and then like when they're at school or when they're napping and stuff then I can do stuff like this then I can do our work because there won't be much work to do like yeah. we've done the hard yards up to this mm, point mm. so like, why am I still like Leah always says this thing and it's very it's quite profound And it's like um he doesn't want to be the dad that his kids ask their mother oh where's dad oh he's just at the barbershop doing trims all day Uh and it's like oh so he's choosing those people over me
1: yeah yeah
2: not realizing and this is the this is where the compassion comes in Mm. not realizing the reason why they're choosing the haircuts over the children yes Yes. because it's another validation seeking experience it's like it doesn't matter who's giving it to to them it's it's a form of addiction
1: yeah
2: and that's the funny thing about, you know, we speak about addiction in our industry, right? Like yeah. that comes up quite a lot about, you know, alcohol, drugs, addiction. But have we ever actually spoken about the fact that sometimes doing the haircuts and getting the haircuts is also it's an also
0: addiction. an addiction? Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> because it's running away from something. It's doing something to yeah. alleviate something else. Exactly. like exactly So that's also a larger conversation, but, yeah. uh, but then, you know, it's approaching the whole lot of that with lightness as well. The way I'm even, like, smiling now, it's it's quite, like, light and yes, refreshing.
0: absolutely has gotta like, be, what... right, for us to be able to, to open up these discussions and open up the wounds in people. Because if we're all dead serious about it, it's not appealing, is it? Whereas when we can talk, like you say, lightheartedly about it, smiling about it, say, this is what we can change, this is good, this is positive.
2: Yeah, because when I'm I'm smiling about it, it's because I know what's on the other side. Mm. Like, yes, I went through my dark night of the soul and I had big periods of time in my life where I was feeling down and feeling sorry for myself and being a victim to like, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. And that all played a part in my journey. But now I'm approaching it from a place of lightness because I know that on the other side, if we're brave and we have enough courage to take it on, it gives so much freedom, and uh, and yeah, w- one of the biggest things that we teach people in our three day course is to to approach it very lightly, yeah. you know. Like on day two, you know, day, day one we see people getting a little bit flustered uh, on the hands on section, and you know, getting a little bit upset and flustered, but then day two we start the morning with like a gratitude piece. Debunk the seriousness of what we are doing, Mm -hmm. and it just it makes people do better hair. Like I posted something on Instagram last week, and it was like, "What makes me better at cutting hair?" Not actually taking it that seriously,
1: Mm. yeah.
2: (laughs) Because it's not life or death,
1: yeah.
2: And the fact that you are, the fact that someone may be taking it so seriously, the fact that I took it so seriously in the past was again an attachment to some sort of trauma that i was trying to alleviate
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: so it was it's just i've been rabbit-holing my entire existence for the last couple of years but um i'm I find it very fascinating like i join on yeah. most mornings and i write it down i just can't wait for what life is going to surprise me with next mm-hmm. and yeah. life will continue to present me with yes. people situations circumstances to reveal where i'm not free
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it's found in then- abundance
2: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so and that's you know with 28 years plus of 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 conditioning to the opposite it can be still challenging at times i still have moments where i am approaching things from a place of scarcity and that that scarcity and lack energy is the opposite to trust and i know when i just trust things happen
0: yeah, sometimes just letting things go and going, okay, universe, give me what you got. Instead of forcing and pounding away, like magic can happen. And I, I've personally been witnessing that in the last few months. So I've just gone, I'm just taking the foot off the accelerator and I'm just gonna do things that I enjoy, do things that are making me feel good and see what's happening. And pathways just open without you even... Forcing it to. And when we're trying to force something to happen so much and it's not working, that's a big fat red sign saying this is not the path for you. And mm. so by just letting things be, obviously you've got to still take action. I've, I've talked a little bit with one of my friends recently about how you've still got to act upon things you can't just sit there and be like okay universe I'm gonna sit here and let you do the work and bring it all to me like you still gotta go out there and for instance my intention was to reach out to you and and have you here and just so happens here we are it's like okay that that wasn't hard that was just a quick message to to Owen and be like hey you know da, 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 and we'd love to have you on and there was no force in that it just happened naturally so it is about going how can I find this ease in life and when ease comes along and like what you were saying life doesn't have to be hard it really doesn't no. and there is no. and there is an easy way there is a, a calming way there is a way that things can turn around such as what you've experienced what you are experiencing and what you're going on and propelling into
2: 100 percent, I, I couldn't agree more and it's actually it's starting to scare me a little bit like the universe in a in a in a good way like yeah. not in a not in a bad way yeah like I have to almost be careful about what I'm thinking about mm-hmm. because it happens. Uh, I'm even getting to the point where I'm like, playing games with with the universe in, the, in a way. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I'm walking down to like, I live near the beach in, in, in Melbourne. When I'm walking to the beach, there's a, tr- a railway line. Like, and I'm like, just before I get to it, I'll be like, I bet the railway line will come down now. And then it, it does like, or other things I'll think about somebody and then they'll message me. Yeah. It just happens all of the time. And for so people to think that that's a coincidence, I don't know if there's much in, coincidence. Yeah. In
0: Intuition world. and alignment, right?
2: Yeah. And, and trust. And, and with an, an element of trust, to trust fully, we need to believe mm-hmm. that it's possible. And if there's anything in the subconscious that doesn't believe that something is possible, then it just won't happen because there's a block. And i've had that and but there's still times where it comes up and if that persists then maybe i'm not doing things that are fully aligned with my purpose yeah mm-hmm. i think there will be a time when we'll leave the hair stuff behind and we'll move on to something else And and i think you know we say this all the time about our courses and what we're doing now it's like okay well we want to help as many people as possible right now in our industry but there will come a time where Lee and I will transcend and, and do something else or evolve and, and become something else. And, uh, you know, we want to help as many people as possible in the meantime. Yeah. But like, don't be surprised. Like we're not going to be here forever. Yeah. Yeah. So make, make the most of it now. Make like, the
0: most of it. Anybody listening? Yeah. <laughs> get get on to um, Lee and Owen.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, like and it's all part of like such a, bigger journey And, and i think our purpose isn't isn't just caught up in in the hair industry like it's it's more about the humans that are in it and the humans on the planet and how can we live freer and better lives understand ourselves better you know most people know how to use their phone better than they know how to use their bodies so. And
0: brain, right? <laughs> and brain, yeah. Yeah, like you know,
2: it's so true. We, we're yeah. literally a trillion dollar piece of biotechnology. Just a human meat suit that's like what like every computer in the world is trying to replicate.
0: Yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you, Owen. No worries. I, I could just keep on listening to you. I feel if we've done a really nice like, little bit of a 360 there kind of thing. So amazing to just hear your story like you know where you've come from and and that background because what we see on social media We don't really know someone's story behind that, right? We don't know the background, where they've come from, whether their parents split up, whether their parents didn't split up, what was their career prior to being in the hair industry or their direction that they're going into, what have they had to overcome and heal from and things. So thank you so much for sharing what you have. And no doubt I'd love to connect with you further and in person and see Lee as well and things.
2: Of course, I think you'll really enjoy a conversation with Lee as well. yeah, he's quite a introspective, deep human being, full of knowledge, full of wisdom, and yeah, uh, yeah it's been a pleasure. And um, that's why I'm so excited. Like I was saying, to get back into the podcast game because our social media only gives a snippet, really, and it's kind of like it's very curated. And we're on there very frequently, so it's it's we are documenting our journey as well as curating certain content to be seen in a certain way. Yeah. Whereas these longer form conversations just give people more of an insight into what we're about. And for us, we we thrive in the long form, Lee and I. We could talk all day. Yeah. Like I could continue chatting all day about this kind of stuff. And if that's gonna be something that turns into a job, then which it is right now. Like when we do our three day course, we get into conversations like this
0: yeah absolutely i love a dmc
2: ah it's the best
0: (laughs) i (laughs) I get off on it so much
2: (laughs) it's the best it's the best and like that's how i want to live my life and that feels meaningful to me and um these types of conversations feel meaningful for for me so that's why i like to to do them and that's why it's no problem like saying yes if it feels right if it Mm -hmm. feels like it could be the the right conversation that I want to have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate, really, really appreciate you coming on here and and just being you, sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience, and everything. And yeah, being open to have this discussion as well because we've never met in person. I literally just messaged you a few days ago, and this is what we've created today. So thank you so much. I really appreciate coming. No, I mean... <laughs> no
2: worries. No worries. My pleasure.
0: Another amazing episode with myself and a guest speaker. You would have heard Owen talking a lot about Lee and I'm excited to announce that Lee and I will be recording an episode soon and that will be released in November. If you're not aware October is mental health month here in Australia and over in New Zealand. So in October I'll be bringing you a four-part mental health series. Next week on a Wholeness podcast I'll be talking about how meditation has transformed my mindset. I'm truly grateful for Owen's presence on today's episode. And if you found this episode enjoyable, relatable, easy to the ears, please do share with friends and family and on your socials. If you're not already following me, you can do so at the yoga barber. Join me every Wednesday for a wholeness podcast. I'll catch you real soon. Peace, love and light.